0: Today is the 239th day of 2021, and this is the 239th edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Stay tuned for a little while longer, and you could very well be around for the 2021st installment of this program. Please forgive me if I don't look too far ahead to see what date that might actually be. But I am definitely hoping to get there, and hope many of you will be along for the ride. On today's show, Charlottesville Area Transit makes some route adjustments and some examples of the partnership in the Jefferson Area Regional Transit Partnership. An epidemiologist at the University of Virginia explains a key difference between the current pandemic surge and the winter surge. And the Free Enterprise Forum releases its annual report on local government spending trends. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign is an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the northern Piedmont. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page and tell them that Lonnie Murray sent you The number of new COVID cases in Virginia has exceeded 3,000 for each of the past four days, with 3,508 reported by the Virginia Department of Health today. The percent positivity is 10, which means one out of every 10 tests is coming back as a confirmed case. There have been 254 reported COVID deaths since July 27th. The Virginia Department of Health has updated a dashboard today that tracks cases by vaccination status. Due to a variety of factors, this is a difficult one to update every day. And here are two conclusions listed on the site. Between January 17, 2021 and August 21, 2021, unvaccinated people developed COVID-19 at a rate 13.3 times higher than fully vaccinated people and 2.6 times higher than fully vaccinated people. That was in a section below rates by vaccination status. And here's what it looked like under vaccine breakthrough cases. As of August 21st, 2021, 4,767,990 Virginians have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Of these people, 0.2% have developed COVID-19, 0.009% 0.009% have been hospitalized, and 0.0017% have died. Dr. Kosti-Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia. He told members of the press today that the term breakthrough case is a bit misleading in a time when the Delta variant is so prevalent.
1: Some of us are concerned by the word breakthrough suggesting that it's a vaccine failure, um, and and um, you know, the, the, most of these infections that occur after vaccination really um, are not failures. Um, people have received the vaccine and the vaccine has done its job. It's kept people out of the hospital. It's kept people from the severe consequences of COVID.
0: The seven-day average for new cases is now where it was in early December as the winter surge hit. Let's hear one interchange between UVA Health Public Information Officer Eric Swenson and Dr. Safri.
1: The number of new cases is now in the 3000s, which uh, is a roughly about where they were sort of shortly after Thanksgiving of last year. Um, so the question is really, what's different, if anything, between now and then? And should we be concerned that that case count has risen back to where it was? There is one huge difference, and that is that we now have an effective vaccine, and we did not have one in November that was you know, being used and distributed. Our vaccine vaccination started you know, December 15th. And nationwide, they started, you know, that same week, December 14th, December 15th nationwide. So what we're seeing right now is almost entirely preventable. Um, uh, so that is the big difference in the frustration. Should people be avoiding crowds at this time until uh, those, you know, the, the third doses are more widely available for people? Uh, as, as an example, for some context, Liberty University apparently is under a campus-wide quarantine through September 10th. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on people, you know, being out in being out in crowds? This gets into the um, sort of the gray areas and, and challenges I think with COVID that often are individually based. So, um, I think part of the calculation is, you know, um, are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? What is the nature of the event that we're talking about? Is it um, you know, is a crowd? You know, forty people on a mountaintop, or is it? you know, 500 people in an um, indoor arena. And what's your level of risk tolerance? Um, and, and the risk tolerance may not only be you, but it may be the people that you live with, you know, the, the kids that are at home, um, you know, loved ones, family members. So, um, you know, I, I think that that um, is a very, you know, specific answer. I think, again, if we're vaccinated, that's very, very effective. If you're in situations with crowds, you um, wearing a mask is easy to do. It's, it's, um, you should be doing it if you're indoors in the state right now, where you are, have substantial or high levels of COVID um, transmission in, in nearly every county of, of the state.
0: That's Dr. Kosti Safri, Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System. More on the pandemic as we move forward. A regional pro-business group that takes a close look at local governments in the region has released its annual report on spending habits. The Free Enterprise Forum's Choices and Decisions report is a local government spending index that compares municipal expenditures in Charlottesville as well as the counties of Albemarle, Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, and Nelson. Here's a sentence from the report. The analysis seeks to develop and track over time an objective metric to capture the spending trend in each locality and determine if this trend can be correlated to other trends occurring within the locality. One metric generated is per capita operational spending, and Charlottesville ranks highest with a 2020 figure of $4,975.75 per resident. Albemarle is next at $3,398.44, Followed by Nelson at 3,090, Louisa at 3,026, Green at 2,084, and Fluvana at $2,559 per person. I rounded up on those last four. The index is modeled after the Consumer Price Index, a metric used by the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics to measure the cost of goods and services over time. The Free Enterprise Forum uses data from the Commonwealth of Virginia's Auditor of Public Accounts. You can review the whole report on their website. There's also a spreadsheet with all the data, and I'm sure that some of you would love to just dig into that. If you're interested in becoming directly involved in Charlottesville government, the city is looking for applicants to many boards and commissions, ranging from the Albemarle Charlottesville Regional Jail Authority to the Youth Council. If you're interested in transportation, there are vacancies on bodies like the Jaunt Board of Directors and the Citizens Transportation Advisory Committee. For housing, there's the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority or the Community Development Block Grant Task Force. Either way, if you're interested in experience, even applying for these positions is a good way to begin to get involved. Visit charlottesville.gov to learn more. You're reading Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second substack-fueled shout-out, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit the Code for Charlottesville website to learn more, including details on projects that are underway. Before we get to a quick review of the Regional Transit Authority meeting from this week, two small pieces of Charlottesville area transit news. First, the free trolley-style bus that runs between downtown and the University of Virginia will return to traveling down McCormick Road through the heart of UVA grounds. It's been detoured for a number of years. Second, additional service will be added to Route 9 during peak hours. That route currently travels between the University of Virginia Hospital, the Piedmont Family YMCA, Charlottesville High School, and downtown Charlottesville. CAT Director Garland Williams said the move is being made in the short term to help with the start of the school year.
2: Because uh, we know there was going to be potentially some um, high schoolers uh, that were going to use our service, we added additional service on during the peak periods of time on Route 9.
0: According to the last seven years of ridership data, Route 9 is one of the least traveled of all of the current cat routes, whereas the trolley-style bus route has consistently had the highest ridership. The current Route 9 will change its configuration if and when council agrees to the route alterations that have been put under public review this year. Under its new alignment, Route 9 will travel between downtown and Fashion Square Mall via the Piedmont Family YMCA in McIntyre Park. Other routes will serve the UVA hospital, and you can review all of the changes in the link that's in the newsletter. One of the people who will take a final vote on the proposed transit changes is City Councilor Lloyd Snook. Technically, it's actually approving a federally required Title VI review, uh, but still. Snook became vice chair of the Jefferson Area Regional Transit Partnership on Thursday and explained why he was interested on in serving on that advisory body.
1: My main interest in in transit has been that uh, I am convinced that the that Charlottesville is uh, is needing to transition from being a suburban thinking town to being a city thinking city, and that uh, transit is an important part of that. It is also, I think, an important part of an affordable housing strategy. Uh, and a city planning strategy.
0: Another member of the Regional Transit Authority is the Interim Executive Director of Jaunt, Karen Davis.
3: I'm pleased to let you know that ridership is coming right back, and, and this is trending up, and um, our services back to full service in all areas, despite the driver shortage that we're experiencing.
0: Davis said that includes the Crozet Connect service, which had been running on a limited schedule due to the pandemic. Another of the partners is the University of Virginia Transit Service, who joined as a voting member of the advisory body a couple of years ago. Davis said the two transit providers recently got together for discussions.
3: They got picked up in a John bus, brought to them brought to our home base, and we had I don't know what uh, three hours uh, of meeting where we were brainstorming, where we could make connections. Um, and from here, um, we've committed to meeting regularly, setting setting some priorities.
0: One example of a current conflict that might be resolved is that jaunt vehicles cannot directly pick up or drop off passengers who are headed to the Emily Couric Cancer Center. One place jaunt buses can go is the center at Belvedere, where Davis recently met with Director Peter Thompson. The center is a non-voting member of the Regional Transit Partnership. And it will be served by Charlottesville Area Transit's Route 11 when the service changes are made. Now back to that driver shortage. There are several area transit agencies, and each of them need more people to work behind the wheel.
3: Um, I was just taking steps to put a uh, recruitment bonus in place only to realize that both CAT and and UTS have totally... Um, offered much bigger (laughs) uh, bonuses, uh, so I have to revisit that whole program.
0: Davis said she is retaining her existing drivers, and only one that she knows of has gone to work for CAT. CAT is paying a $2,400 bonus for new drivers who work for at least nine months, as well as a bonus for existing drivers. New and existing university transit service drivers will get a $2,500 bonus, according to Becca White, director of UVA's Parking and Transportation.
4: It's going to be a $1,000 payout right away for the for our standing staff, and $1,000 for new staff. And then after two full semesters of driving, the rest of the of the bonus.
0: White said she has been tracking closely the number of faculty and staff who have opted to pay for spaces as the pandemic continues.
4: As we know, transit and parking are, are tied together very closely. So we've been watching um, that uptake of parking permits because that's oftentimes an indication of how many people are back in the office and, and how what potential riders we have for CAT or John or uh, Afton Express. And on August the 1st, about 55 to 65 percent of the academic employees had purchased their permits uh, as compared to pre-COVID. So just in the last three weeks, uh, that number has now increased to 85 percent.
0: White said ridership on health employee shuttle routes have increased as the semester approaches. The academic routes that serve central grounds have increased to 10,000 passengers a day. Before COVID, that number was around 15,000. And
4: all of that service is in the last mile, every bit of it.
0: U Heights is in an apartment complex on Ivy Road in Albemarle County that is no longer served by University Transit Service. However, there is a large immigrant and refugee population. White at, at the partnership meeting, White said she has worked with management at U Heights to provide mobility for residents who are no longer served by fixed-route transit. The theme of collaboration continued. The Regional Transit Partnership is staffed by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. Garland Williams is the director of CAT.
2: Oh, The 3rd of September, uh, uh, TJPDC staff will be over for a visit. Um, I want to kind of introduce them to um, my team, um, uh, give them a lay of the land.
0: That will include a look of capital projects that CAT will pursue. A major capital purchase in recent years has been automatic passenger counters that help provide more accurate ridership counts. Williams said these have been installed on all buses and the data is being validated. But what about those route changes?
2: We are in the final processes of um, getting the approvals. The last piece that we have to do, which we will hopefully be able to kick off uh, next Friday, is um, get a consultant on board to finish up the required uh, Title Six review from the changes based on the the feedback that we got from the community, once that is done, it has to go to council. Um, and we will also share that information with uh, Elmore County uh, Board of Supervisors.
0: Title six refers to the Civil Rights Act, which requires a public process before making changes on routes that are paid for with federal funds. That all means that there is no set date for when the forthcoming changes will be made. The changes will require installation of new bus stops at places that currently do not have them, as well as removal of stops that will be discontinued. A reason for the delay has been to address the driver shortage. CAT is down 22 drivers, and pupil transportation for city schools is down 20. More from the Regional Transit Partnership in an upcoming newsletter. And that's it for this edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And as I said, this is the 239th day of the year, and somehow it's also the 239th edition of this program. Actually, that's the reason I skipped yesterday, because I just wanted to go ahead and get this silly little joke out of the way. Um, I will be back, could be tomorrow, might be Monday, but there definitely will be a week-ahead newsletter that will go out on Sunday. Uh, There will also be a special edition of the Patreon $10 a month uh, setup that I have, Uh, that's where you can donate $10 a month and you're ostensibly supposed to get a weekly podcast. Um, I have spent some time this week hooking up some music stuff around here, so... I'm hoping to make that as entertaining and fun as possible. Um, It's a little bit goofier than this one. Uh, There's definitely no news in it. It's definitely just goof. Um, But so that's one way you can support the program. The best thing you can do is just send it on to somebody else. Remember, it's a newscast that that is written as well as uh, produced for you in this format. And of course, the company Ting will match your subscriptions through Substack. I think you guys know this at this point for today. It's getting late. I want to produce this. Uh, send me an email if you have any questions. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, stay safe out there. You know, uh, find your don't push past your risk tolerance. Is what I would say.